This is the Confident Collective Podcast with your hosts, Christina Zias and Rayanne Langis, two plus-size models and body activists here to get real and candid about living your most confident life. Get ready for powerful conversations that will leave you laughing, motivated, and inspired. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Confident Collective Podcast with Christina and Rayanne. We are so glad you're here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I feel like this is the last time I'm going to see you for a while. No, I don't want to talk about it. I actually am upset that I, I was like, I need to figure out a time to come hang out with you and Nico before you leave, but you leave in two days. Oh my gosh. Nico is going to be like a teenager by the time I get back. He's literally growing so much. It's so crazy. And also, side note, I wanted to kill Steve last night because- Nicholas was like moving around in his sleep a lot and he was like making these noises. In his little sleep suit. Yes, in his little oh sleep God. suit. Okay. It's so cute and delicious. And he was just making these noises. And Steve is someone who is overly cautious. And yeah. I guess like you should be, especially with the baby, but like too cautious. And he's like, I don't know. He's making weird noises. I don't think he's breathing right. I'm like, Steve, I think he's just dreaming and like trying to get comfortable. And we have him in the sleep suit and he's like trying to roll over this or that or whatever. And Steve, who's like the most cautious person in the world, goes and picks him up in his sleep to make sure he's like breathing okay. Which I guess like I probably sound like an asshole complaining about this because it was like seems like a nice thing to do. But he like ruined his sleep and then had him up and he was like hysterically crying because and Steve's like, Steve, something's wrong. I'm like, yeah, something is wrong. You just woke him up. And he's like, why the hell are you waking me up, Steve? Exactly. Anyways, we got no sleep last night because of it. But um, yeah, you actually, I think are. Do you ever sleep? Is my question because I'll get texts from you at like two a.m. Like I'm like, what Sorry, the that's hell is annoying. she doing? I should not do that. I hope you have your phone on. Do not disturb. Oh, of course I have my phone on. Do um, not disturb. I should, I should put my phone on. Do not disturb. You should. You well, number one, you should sleep. Like, how yeah. many hours of sleep a night do you get? Do you think? I honestly think last night I got two hours of sleep. <gasps> yeah. I don't sleep very much. Oh, you look ravishing for having two <laughs> oh, hours of sleep. Okay, thank you. That's pushing it. I guess for two hours of sleep. I'm doing all right. <laughs> um, oh. Anyways, what have you been up to? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Well, let me just get into it. Okay. Let's hear it. Second dose period came like the, like a bat out of hell. I don't know if that's the right term, but like I had just finished. So if you listen to last week's episode, I had like. <laughs> oh, wait. So it finished. It was like spotting. Okay. Got my second dose two days ago. Okay. The day after the second. The day after I got it, my period came like insane. Like we're talking about like the great red sea here. People I'm like, what oh, the shit. hell? So that's annoying to me. Do you still have it? Yeah. So now you've had your period for almost a month. Yeah. And I've just had the cold sweats for like a couple of days. Like right now I'm just got the cold sweats, um, but it's fine. I was basically out for the count on Sunday after I got my vaccine on Saturday. I did not get out of bed till 6 p.m., which was crazy. And I still felt sick, but I went to Ikea and decided to get a shelf to build. Wait a minute. You went on Sunday to Ikea? Yeah. You are a lunatic. I I was literally like in Ikea, shivering, sweating. I was like, I need this shelf. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) But it honestly looks great. And it It probably helped your mental state a lot. Just having that organized. Yeah. I think it it was a good decision. It did. Um, (laughs) But yeah, those are my updates. I am also, I decided I'm going to Denver just see my family next weekend. How amazing. And also, yeah, so that'll be fun. I can check in on my Denver suitors. That'll be good. Yes, it'll Maybe be get some action, you know. Also, I feel like I need to let you guys know that my sister never ended up coming out here. Oh, yeah. What the heck? Why not? So my sister um, is going through an interview process with a couple different job opportunities. Oh, good for her. And she pretty much wasn't able to come out here the days that we had planned because of these interviews. Um, and she had to be physically in her, in New York city to do them. Um, so then she was going to come out this week, but then I was like, no, this is like stressing me out. It's like too close to us coming home. Right. So I was like, if one of the main things that you're organizing is my digital life, you'll do it at home. We'll do that at home. And then she could either come back with me when we come back, or I could just hire an organizer to do like my closets and stuff like that. Ooh, so you're right now you're still in disorganized mess. So right now I literally can't, can't cool. even walk into my life. Cool. Yeah. But 
When you get your... Okay, so honestly, digital organization sounds great. Yes, that's cool. the most important thing. But like... To have your closet organized. I know. There's oh, a- with everything in its little spot. Oh, my God. That, like, makes me feel so good. It's alarming. Wait a minute. I had to tell everyone about the house. Oh, my God. This house, ha- the secret you've been keeping. So, Steve and I have flipped a house. We are so excited about it. It sold. We bought it last March. Um, we've been working on it for over a year because it was such a complicated process to buy it. Um we're working on a YouTube series that will explain a lot more and why we haven't shared so much of it yet. Um, but I'm so excited. Can you give them a teaser of the drama so they'll tune in or no? Pretty much. We bought the house with someone living in it who we had to pay to leave. Would uh, he be qual- classified as a squatter? I don't know. We keep going. I think he is a, technically a squatter, mm. but we had to pay him to leave, which is fine. We were okay with that because... We negotiated that to get the house. However, after we paid him, he would not leave and he physically assaulted us. Yes. And he also verbally assaulted us for an entire year. Yeah. Literally. You guys have been through some shit with that. It was so freaking wild. Um, But you made it through. We made it through and it was worth it. So we're really, really excited about that. Well, I'm so happy. I am a little sad. I was trying to convince them to move into the house and then I would move into the guest house, but <laughs> didn't work out as we planned. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh my gosh. Next time. Next time. Next time. Uh, but we are so excited for today's guest and for this conversation in general. We have Charlotte Zoller on. She's a curve model. She's a digital strategist. She's a consultant. She's a fashion blogger. And she writes a column from Teen Vogue called Ask a Fat Girl, which addresses questions about living life in a larger body. And she is just such a cool, freaking awesome person. Like, I love her so much. I met Charlotte, gosh, almost five years ago now, which is so crazy. I met her while she was working at Eloquy, um, which is a plus size brand. She was doing their social media strategy and she helped book me on a modeling campaign there as well, too. So we've been friendly ever since. And then this is like so funny, but do you remember like when Snapchat was having that filter where you can look like the opposite sex? Yes. So she did that filter and all of a sudden she messages me. She's like, holy shit, Christina. Holy shit. Holy shit. I did the filter and I am Steve. You showed me this. Like she was, she like was Steve's twin. She literally looks like Steve's twin as a male. And it is the funniest thing I've ever seen. We were like dying forever. So she just calls Steve 20 now. Does she still have that photo? Yeah, we need I did add that. I know we need to either add it to the Facebook group, we'll put it in the Facebook group. Oh, it is so funny. It is the funniest thing ever. But anyway, she's just so smart and so welcoming and just such a cool person. So we're so excited about this conversation. Yeah. So we're just are chatting to her uh, today all about how the body positive movement has changed terms of fatness, like midsize, super fat, infinity fat, all of these things talking about fat phobia versus fat bias. Honestly, we talk about, we cover a lot of things. I learned so much. I think Christina, you learned a lot. Um, so this is going to be a very, uh, educational, um, you know, and also fun conversation about, this space that has changed so drastically. Um, and she's just super knowledgeable and great to chat to. So we are excited to welcome Charlotte to the show. Obviously we've had this conversation. We even talked to Kelly Brown about how the body positive movement is really starting to be not starting. It has been, but I feel like even more so centered around thin, able-bodied like white women. Um, and I think I've seen a lot on TikTok recently. Um, and what kind of spurred this conversation was Christina saw a video by a very, very popular blogger, basically body checking, which is a new term to me, which we want to talk about later. But we just wanted to have a bigger conversation about this and get like your opinion. Cause I know it spurred a conversation with Christina and I, and we're like, we need to do a full episode on this because there's a lot to unpack. Yeah. So pretty much like we've heard so much about, you know, the body positive movement just being kind of overrun by, by thinness. And it, it really didn't hit me until I saw this post by Chiara Ferrani yesterday. And if you don't know who Chiara Ferrani is, she's an Italian influencer. She's like one of the OG bloggers. I honestly think of her as 
I feel like she's the Kim Kardashian of Italy. She is super famous. She has 23 million followers on Instagram. She's married to an Italian rapper. Um, and she's really an icon and probably one of the biggest influencers in the world. And someone I look up to as a businesswoman um, and just as a woman in general. So when I saw this post, I was like so triggered by it. And it, it took a moment for me to have, it was a moment for a lot of self-reflection. So we'll link the post in the show notes, but basically she is showing her body with leggings, high-waisted leggings, and, and then pulling the leggings down and then showing her stomach, which I kid you not, doesn't even have like a centimeter of fat on it. And she was like trying to pull her stomach and I couldn't believe it. And I guess that part of me was so triggered because she just had a baby a month ago and I'm almost five months postpartum. So this is like something really personal for me because as I'm dealing with so many body changes, I'm like, okay, no, this is not realistic. This, is, this isn't how I would say 99% of the female population in the world looks like on a normal day basis, let alone after having a baby. And it, for me, it was just so triggering and it, it made me spiral because I was like, this pose makes me feel like shit about myself. Like, or it, it definitely makes other people feel like shit about themselves. And then I was like, wait a minute, am I making people feel like shit about themselves when I'm posting about my body? Am I making women who are bigger than me feel like shit about themselves? And I kind of got into like this whole spiral and like I word vomited to Steve and I word vomited to Ray. And I was like, we need to have a conversation about this because the body positive movement, I think started, it's a way to make people feel better about themselves. And now it's kind of spiraled and I feel like it's done the opposite. So with like that how yeah. whole mouthful, Charlotte, how do you feel about, like, what are your thoughts on everything? You saw Kiara's post yesterday, right? I first of all have so many thoughts, okay. like so many thoughts. Um, briefly starting on the post, I thought it was a parody. Like, right. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. Yeah. And I was like, why are like, I was waiting for the punchline because I was like, when is this going to become funny? And then I was like, oh, this is deeply unfunny. Very Um, unfunny. Right. Yeah. But like just going back to the origins kind of body positivity is rooted in the fat acceptance movement, which was started in the 60s by women, by black women, queer women. And um, I and, and women of color specifically. And you know, it was a way to address um, weight bias and um, in society and the discrimination that fat people everywhere um, experience through, through the lens of civil rights specifically. So like that is the kernel, that is the seed from which body positivity has grown. And so I would say, you know, probably over the past 10 years specifically, it has, it has changed and morphed, um, excuse me, uh, over the past, you know, six, but since six, Guys, it is just to give your your <laughs> listeners some context. It is before eight a.m. in the morning, and I have not had my coffee. So, oh my gosh, no, you're but, you're amazing. <laughs> um, that being said, you know uh, it's morphed into body positivity, which has become a really important tool for people around the globe. And you know, there's there's nothing wrong with that body positivity. It's, you know, it's the idea that everyone is entitled to a healthy body image, regardless of their shape, size, appearance. And, you know, it's focusing on increasing one's self-esteem, which is really important. And, you know, it, the thing also about it is it's focused on internal change for the individual versus like pushing it up against societal norms. Um, and that I think is where it kind of separates from the original intention to now. Cause you know, when I see a post like, and I hadn't heard of, of um, the Italian Kim Kardashian before. <laughs> um, and I, um, and so and I was like, wait, her follower account, uh, her follower account is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, this is nuts. And that I, as I was saying before, I was like, maybe she's a comedian and <laughs> no. she's like, she's, she's really not funny. funny. No. And then I scrolled through and I was like, I'll get that vibe. Um, yeah. I was just really surprised um, to see it. I was really surprised. I'll, I'll leave it there for right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if you've seen, so similar to Christina, this has kind of been, this is something that has been on my mind. And like, I just don't know how I feel, honestly. I'm like, this is something I'm totally working through. So like, for example, have you seen those videos that are like bodies that look like this also look like this? 
bodies that look like this also so yes so i obviously i've seen people of all sizes do it from girl like literally one girl <laughs> a victoria's secret model did it and it looked exactly the same people were like well this doesn't make me feel good whatever and like i i did it and then, and i was like i guess i felt like my body does look different but then i was like I don't know, like Christina said, if this is more damaging to someone else in a bigger body and then you have people like Lizzo doing it. And so I'm just like, I feel like this is such like a hard world, like space where it's like, you don't want to say no one can be, someone can't be part of this movement, but you can't deny that people, specifically women in larger bodies face a completely different pressure and they have a completely different view of the world than a thin woman because of the experiences that they have, how they're treated, et cetera. Um, so I guess, do you think that what is this damage doing that by thin women basically doing things like this? Well, I, I want to address just what you touched on in terms of the spectrum of size. So, you know, as you said before, Victoria's Secret model, I think, you know, size zero to four, you know, and then we're going, you know, up into the plus size range. And there's such a wide range of, of plus size bodies. And I mean, I, I recently wrote about this for my column, but we start kind of in the in-betweeny um, size which i would consider would you guys identify as in betweenies or like what would you identify yourselves as well this is another so i had never heard of the term mid-size until i got came on tiktok which i also want to talk to you about this but that term um so i kind of feel like i used to identify as plus size because when i started working as a model that's what the industry told me so i was like oh i'm plus size but uh i kind of fit into plus size and straight size so now i definitely identify more as an in-betweeny or mid-size yeah, and I guess same same for me too. Um, I'm definitely on like the smaller end of plus as a size 14, sometimes 16, but I could still fit into like a size 12 here and there too. So I guess mid-size in betweeny. Um yeah. After I'm that, just it's funny. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying that like for the I went into Target, I'm a size 22, 24, so I'm on the top end of plus size um, of traditional plus sizing. Um, I would just want to put that out there. Um, but I went to Target and I like tried on, I was like, should I just try on an XXL dress? Should I just try it? And like in the top end of straight size and it worked. And I was like, oh my God, this it's is confusing, I right? So, yes, absolutely. So I get it. Okay. So after midsize, then what's the next category? Um, so, okay, here we go. Midsize and then small fat is we're these are the terms that are created by, um, the plus size community, by the fat community to self-identify themselves. These have been like used for a while within circles and, you know, um, it, so small fat is like 16 to 18 kind of, you know, it's, um, someone who considers themselves fat. Um, and like presents as fat um, and who can't really fit into um, traditional straight sizes, might have a little wiggle room, experiences some, um, you know, uh, anti-fat bias, but not as much as the larger sizes. And we'll link that entire article that you wrote, which is super helpful. And you outline all of the terms, the categories, you call it, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, and you know, honestly, it, it's, these aren't, um, I mean, it's a really clever term, but that is not for me. All of my sources are linked in the article. Um, and the, the kind of issue with this is, is there's, there are only so few primary sources um, when it comes to this, at least written on the internet, um, because it's kind of just been it, it, they aren't my terms and they're just something that I compiled, um, you know, from my years. And I've been wanting to write about this since the beginning of my column last year. Um, it's really useful. And, you know, I talk about this in my consulting work as well um, with brands. And I think it's really important for us to understand this full spectrum. So that being said, um, small fat, so like 14 to 18 then mid fat, which is like, I could, I am possibly a mid fat. I identify as fat like capital F that because I'm kind of um, a number of things in the middle. Um, so 
there's mid fat, which is sizes like 20 to 24. Keep in mind, these are US sizes, not Australian or UK sizes. Um, so they're like in the middle of the spectrum. Um, we like we I mid fat ish. I, I I'm like, there's mid fat, fat, lean, bryant fat which is a, to- a term coined by uh, Roxanne Gay um, in a This American Life interview where she was like, yeah, like Lane Bryant fat is basically you can still shop at Lane Bryant, but that's kind of like Lane Bryant store is kind of like all you can do at cer- a certain point because it's like, you know, the sizing used to up until recently only went up to a 28. But yes, so then there is, um, and that's kind of like, when we're really starting to hit heavy on uh, institutional sizeism, like, you know, fat, Lane Bryant fat, um, all, everyone experiences it on the spectrum, but really as we go up the spectrum, um, it gets more um, amplified. But um, then after Lane Bryant fat is super fat, which is um, sizes 26 to 32. Um, and this was, um, you know, a term created by um, a super fat person and people and popularized by them within the community um, as a term to bring power to the fattest of the fat. Um, and so it's like you have to, and these terms are not something that you put on someone else. And honestly, earlier in the conversation, I shouldn't have asked if you, uh, how, like, if you identified it as a certain thing, I should have just asked you what you identified it as. So, you know, it's perfectionism, man. No. Well, make amends is, as we I, go along. Yeah, I feel like we're all learning. You know what I mean? Like, there's, there's no yeah. way. But that's great to know because I think for people listening, I think that's what my take on it is. On the spectrum, people can. I think women should be able to identify with what they feel, whatever term they feel comfortable with. Um, and like you said, just ask asking, um, but to never just like assume because I know some people some women are really the word fat is still like a scary thing for them but I love that that word is no longer being used I mean it is but women are taking it back so it can't be used against them to make them feel like shit um since it's been weaponized for so many years and still is but yeah and then, and left like we need to also um, talk about infinity fat, which is kind of a complementary term to super fat, which um, was coined by Ash of the Fat Lip Podcast. If you haven't listened to that, you should definitely go check that out. But um, it's um, you know Ash kind of created it as a size that is greater than any assignable number. Um, so basically too fat for commercially available clothing, like can't shop and bring in mortar stores um, and has to order clothing online. Um, they might not even know their size, um, but they experience acute institutionalized sizeism. So, and then even one on top of that, lastly, um, uh, is a term called death fat, which is supposed to be like a cheeky version of infinity fat so it's like you know uh leslie uh kinzel kind of uh created it as a way to point out the ridiculousness of morbid obesity um and i put morbid obesity in quotes because like that word kind of in in fat liberation circles is not really used um because it has been used as a weapon, especially in medical settings, which can be very difficult for people on the larger side of the fat spectrum. Uh, so yeah, so there's like, there are size, these like, these size distinctions really highlight the spectrum of privilege that people of size, you know, um, experience. Do you think that people should be using those terms to identify themselves? Or do you think that... It, it just like, it, it doesn't matter because yeah. like for us, like it's really confusing, right? Like, let's say yeah, I was identifying as, I guess, plus size for a little bit. And now on TikTok, like midsize is a, a, a big thing. And I'm like, oh wait, that is my size. That's perfect. I feel like I identify with this category. And now there's a lot of videos going around that are saying like, if you identify as midsize, you're identifying as midsize because you're fat phobic. But really I'm identifying as midsize because that is actually my size. And also I don't want to offend people by saying I'm plus size when I'm on such a small scale of plus size. Um, so I feel like yeah. really 
confused and like caught in this middle ground. And it seems like you can't really do anything right. Um, you can't, right. you cannot. That's what something that I was meant to say earlier was no matter what all three of us do, what anyone in the world does, someone's going to be mad about it. They might not say it to you. They, they might say it everywhere. There might be tons of people saying it, but we can't get everything right. And that is a very hard pill to swallow, but uh, you know, it's something that I've been trying to deal with. And I think it will make my life easier the more I <laughs> come to terms with it. That being said, yeah, people are going to be mad no matter what you say. So these terms are not to point a finger at someone else and say what someone else is. Um, they're for you to self-identify. You don't have to, if you're, if you don't fall anywhere on this spectrum, if you don't like want anything to do with these terms, no worries. Like do your own thing. You don't have to call yourself anything. You don't have to, you can do whatever you please. Um, but you know what the scale, this scale is used for is um, a way to self-identify and, and um, to say, to feel a sense of, I mean, for me, I'll speak for myself. Like I, it's about me acknowledging my privilege, my privilege as a white woman, me uh, as a smaller person, uh, a cis white woman, a smaller fat on the scale, right in the middle of, of the scale. Um, and to know, like, you know, this is, this is me, this is me, this is me right now. It might not be me tomorrow. It definitely wasn't me 10 years ago. So five years ago, even we can get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, up to you. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I feel like, so I actually, I, I've been seeing a lot of these videos on TikTok too about the mid-sized term being fat phobic. And I completely agree with the, what you said, Charlotte, because I'm like, I just don't think it's fair to put anything on someone. Like I think everyone has the right to identify with how they want to identify because one day on the internet, I could be called fat probably by some like sad dude in his basement. Or if I use the term, like if I call myself plus size or curvy or whatever, someone larger than me will say, you know, you're, you're skinny. And I'm like, honey, I have never been called skinny in my life, but I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but I, I, I'm like oh, paralyzed. So with like, <laughs> oh my God, you're right. You can never, ever please anybody. Um, but I do think one thing that all of us can do, like you said, is identifying that we do have a privilege on this scale of fatness with these categories and recognize that we experience life in a completely different lens from someone on the other end. Um, and just to identify that and hopefully use in some way that we can to help make our society less fat phobic, which seems like such a crazy thing, but damn, it is so fat phobic. We live in such a fat phobic world. It's insane. Um, could you maybe speak on just to, to, for people to have an idea? So someone who's on the, maybe like, super fat. Is that a correct term? And finny fat that yeah. side of the spectrum. Can you give us some examples of what, just to give our listeners perspective, they would experience, um, versus someone yeah. in a straight size body. Yeah. So this is not my lived experience. Um, but from my friends who identify as super fat and above and, um, from stories that I've heard in the community. Um, I mean, it is, like basically every touch point of life. So when you leave your house, it is transportation. It's public transportation. It's transportation in a car. It's transportation in a plane. Um, it's about accessibility in stores. It's about um, stairs, walking. And then also keeping in mind the more intersecting identities, marginalized identities someone has, you know, the more um, institutional sizeism and, uh, you know, uh, marginalization they experience. Um, so we're talking about ableism, especially, you know, um, uh, when we talk about like transportation, also having to purchase two seats on an airplane, like having to, but not even, that's not even, um, relegated only to super fat sizes and above. Um, I'm, I'm on the cusp of being sized out of a traditional plane seat. Um, I cannot afford a, a first class plane seat. So basically I've got a, we're talking about super fast right now, but I'll just a tangent. I got a, here's my tip also 
there are there are places. I believe Southwest has um, a uh, you know, a passenger of size policy where they give you a, a free, a, like a little card from the seat next to you and nowhere can sit next to you. But oh. I like, yeah, which is cool. Um, hopefully more uh, air, um, airplanes, air flights, <laughs> um, airlines will adopt that. <laughs> but I, I fly Delta and I sit on the, um, I sit on the aisle and the aisle armrests flip up. They don't, no one tells you that. And so I just flip that bad boy up and I'm just like queen of the castle. Yes. You're like, oh my gosh. Hallelujah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Tip. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Really. Um, but that's not possible for a super fat or infinity fat person. Um, they have to purchase two seats and let alone the, uh, just the, the stairs that incur the comments. It is, it is, um, is a it's a mental health landmine walking outside um anytime i mean just the eyes on you the comments it's um uh, not to mention the medical system a week that's a whole other episode that uh, is is deeply upsetting and and has so many different um things involved with it that are so deeply ingrained in our society society etc cetera, etc cetera. but um there's so many different touch points um throughout a person's day a fat person's day that mm -hmm. throw a wrench into them can you explain the difference between skinny shaming and fat shaming because i think a lot of people on the other side of the spectrum would be like like i've heard influencers be like i've been i'm so skinny i've been shamed my entire life and people call me anorexic or this or that and it's kind of like used as a way to counter you know, the fat positivity movement and how do you feel about like the difference between them and why, I mean, obviously neither of them are okay. Um, but for you, what is like the big difference, um, in like society's way of looking at it? Yeah. Well, first to point out the fact that like any kind of shaming is bullying and bullying is not okay. Period. 100%. Yes. Doesn't, doesn't matter what size you're in. doesn't, none of that matters. Like it's not okay. Period. Um, that being said, when you are on the smaller end of the size spectrum, um, specifically, you know, wearing straight sizes, you inherently have privilege that fat people don't. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the differentiation for me personally. It's like you benefit from this, from the size of your body, basically. And, um, and yes, absolutely. Anyone Anyone can be shamed. And especially, you know, there's so many different things and you bring in um, body dysmorphia and you bring in uh, eating disorders. And there is so much empathy that needs even we need we need to have so much empathy for every single human on the planet. Um, and we also need to recognize the discrimination that that people people face. Yeah, period. completely agree. I think that. No, you you put that perfectly. Um, I just wish. Oh my god! Sometimes I'm like, why can't everyone just be fucking nice to each other? Jesus, it's I know. Exhausting. Come on, y'all. <laughs> it's just yeah. Um, this is all yeah. This is also just hard to talk about in general because it's hard to feel like you're getting it right. Like I don't feel like I'm getting it right. Like hardly ever. Basically, <laughs> like I'm trying my best, and I also feel like talking about this stuff, I can talk to my lived experience and what I've heard, but also like, I, I am a, a cis white woman and I am, I'm well off. Like I make a good living and I, you know, I have a lot of privileges afforded to me. And so I feel like bringing other marginalized voices into the conversation, um, is really important. And so I'm just trying to lift their voices as much as I can. Yeah, absolutely. I think the reason I was so triggered by that post that I saw yesterday by Kiara is I was like, wow, like there's like such a big difference between, and you kind of vocalized this before. I'm like, okay, this is all about like self-acceptance at the end of the day, like where the body positive movement has gone. And I think that is so important because I mean, I was like fat shame my entire life by people in school, by my family. Like still, I'm still told by my family, like I need to lose weight on like, a pretty regular basis, which 
doesn't feel good. It does, you know, so for me, it's all about like trying to improve my self-esteem and through that, trying to help other people who look like me, who I've felt a certain way. And I, and I do think like, I see these posts that I'm tagged in and like people wearing bikinis for the first time. I'm like, that makes me so happy that like by me posting a bikini in my body, people feel confident to do the same because I, I don't think I had that same role model growing up. But when I saw that post from Carrie yesterday, it was someone who was so much smaller and I got so triggered by it. And I was like, I, I still keep spiraling. I'm like, why? And then I, there's such a big, bigger conversation on like body dysmorphia. And when you look in the mirror and you see something that, I mean, it's just so, it's just so hard. Um, and yeah. I think that we, it doesn't matter how thin you are, or how big you are. I think that we all deal with our own insecurities. So I think that's where I kind of struggle with everything. Cause I'm like, okay, if this is her lived in truth, if she like, doesn't feel confident in her body, like who am I to say like, that's not okay. Um, yeah. That's what I, I go ahead, Charlotte. I'm no, like, no, 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 you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, cause like playing devil's advocate, she, yeah. maybe that is a big change for her. Right. Like she was a, maybe a double zero and now she's like two, you know, like I, I mean, that sounded sarcastic. That was, <laughs> but it, it's the only way to say it. Yeah. I know. So then I'm, I'm the same. I'm like, I see that. And I'm like, seriously, you're grabbing like one centimeter of skin. I don't know what I even mean, call it fat. It was skin, but I'm like, but then at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't ever want to like contribute to like, I, I don't even know how to articulate myself, but I'm like, maybe like you said, Christina, that is her. She really is experiencing that. But then I'm just like, this is kind of fucked up. I don't know. I mean, I think there's a difference between experiencing something and projecting it to the world. Yes, that is absolutely. That's, yeah, that's it. Because sending a message is one thing and, and being aware of, your experience, but other people's experiences and how it comes off. Also having a support system around you that you can trust and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? And having someone be able to honestly tell you like, Ooh, yeah, maybe not. Um, or like, yeah, but just, just write in the caption, you know, uh, give a little disclaimer about, um, the entire spectrum of bodies and just be like, maybe a couple sentences about like, I know I'm on the smaller side of the spectrum and I know, you know, fat people and people like it also, if you haven't ever used the word fat, maybe don't use that right off the bat. Cause like your audience might get scared of it. Right. <laughs> you might be like, what the hell? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I guess that the, I think for me, I'm like, okay, it made me realize that like, damn, this is a business and body positivity and is a business and brands are capitalizing on it. Um, people are capitalizing on it. I mean, we are benefiting from like, we talk about our body and we, we are yep. getting paid because of that. Um, and I think we have to acknowledge that privilege. I think it's really, really important to do so. We have to acknowledge that. And we also have to pay the creators who are larger than us and who have done a lot of the groundwork in the space who aren't getting the acknowledgement and the money for it. I, I right. I sometimes think about Gabby, Gabby Fresh. And I'm, yeah. I mean, she's getting paid, right? She's like a huge influencer. Yeah. She's like killing it. Um, but I, I think of her, she was like really a pioneer in the plus size movement. And for me, sometimes I'm like, gosh, I should have this conversation with her. Because I'm be like, Gabby, what do you think about? Yeah. But um, I'm like, for me, I'm like, does she see people like me or does she see smaller influencers? you know, talking about body confidence and it's like, this is bullshit. Like I've been doing this for so many years and this is really a conversation we need to have with her. Um, yeah. You should have it yeah with her. But I think about this all the time and I'm like, you know, is it just capitalism? Is that what's happening? Is everyone just trying to like cash in on self-acceptance right now? Or are, are we doing something that that's really important? And I guess it can be both at the same time. But, you know, like the reason that you guys make, uh, you know, likely more money than larger creators do is because your body types are more palatable to an audience. They're they're similar to what we've been seeing because you two, my God, are stunning. Oh, thank you, Charlotte. Stay long. Um, I also follow a lot of other beautiful people who look very different than you do. But man, also you guys... (laughs) 
Jeff's kiss, love. Um, that being said, you know, you're also very similar to what the kind of beauty standard has been, um, you know, up until now, the Eurocentric beauty standard and, um, and, and slightly deviated from that. But at the same time, like it's, it's enough to make someone's mind go, oh yes, I know what that is, but also it's a little bit different. So I can move that needle in my mind a little bit. Whereas someone who looks like me, if I wore a full on bikini, I would look much much different than you still beautiful, but much different. So it's just kind of keeping that in mind. And I think that's where capitalism um, comes into it and then bias. And I'll just, I'll just stop my, my um, rant on the fact that like, when we think about fat phobia, it's, we're not really talking about fat phobia. We're talking about anti-fat bias and that like people can also push back and be like, I'm not afraid of fat people. It's like, oh my God. Uh, yes. Yes. We're talking about the bias everyone inherently has, including me, um, against people in larger bodies. And it's not the first thought that you are responsible for. It's your second thought and third thought and what you do with your second and third thoughts. Um, and so that's quick fine. question. When those two terms you used fat bias and fat phobia, are the, yeah. what, what's the difference between those? Yes. So fat phobia is, um, is, you know, a term that's kind of, when you put together the words, it's like afraid of fat people. Phobia is like an actual mental illness. And so it's a term that also, and this is what I learned from uh, Aubrey Gordon, your fat friend, um, and why I've kind of tried to stop using the word fat phobia. It is hard because it's very simple and a blanket term that's used colloquially for everyone right now, but I'm trying to move away from it. So it's like, uh, being afraid of fat people is fat phobia, whereas anti-fat bias. So being against the bias against fat people, um, that is what we're talking about when we're talking about, you know, the systemic issues, transportation and medical care, but also um, when we're talking about clothing sizes um, and just kind of um, and your internal one's internal monologue when it comes to seeing a fat body. Um, so that's anti-fat bias. Got it. Okay. Thank you for describing that. I learned something new today. Um, the last thing I want to chat about, which Christina and I chatted about yesterday, which led to this as well is, so we're talking about body positive movement as like, you know, making money, whatever we were saying, you know, what? I don't know if you saw Ashley Graham and Sienna Gomez, who Sienna is the 16 year old TikToker who is um, the face not she didn't this is another thing basically she's like she is she has become the face of like body positivity for young girls like teenagers young oh. girls on tiktok but she's has the ideal body. like she has today's society's ideal body flat stomach big butt um like she's probably a size four six i don't know who knows i don't want to put no, size on someone i do not, you cannot tell someone's size by looking at them but she's thin yeah. and ashley graham basically has been creating content with her and partnering with her and we were just like how cool would it have been if she partnered with someone who actually who was on the other side of the spectrum which she has so much power as mm -hmm. someone who has a lot of influence in this space like um, uh, glitters and glaze, glitters and blazers, something like that. On TikTok, glitter and lasers. Glitters and lasers. I'm like, oh my god, people's usernames like glitter um, singular. Gl yes, <laughs> glitter and and lasers. Like it is a mouthful. Yes, like she's amazing and has done so much, like huge, like huge stuff on TikTok. Um, but we were like, I think we think it was a marketing, you know, obviously a business move for Ashley, and it just got us thinking about. <laughs> Basically, we were just like, it would have been cool if she yeah. was able to do, do, do it with someone else. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I, I think there's also this thing about, you know, nowadays saying this person should have gotten this opportunity instead. I think that there, there, that is, is valid. There's another part of it that I think where it's like, let's add some more people in rather than taking opportunities away from people. Let's just add a few more people in to the mix. Like yeah. um, that being said, yeah, I, I haven't seen who that person is, um, but yeah, I would just like more people brought into the mix. Let's bring some bigger people. Let's bring men into the mix. Um, you know, we talk so much about, uh, you know, 
body positivity and fat acceptance and like men need to benefit from that too. So. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that's a good reminder as I was saying like, Oh, she should have done this. Like, yeah, add people in. It doesn't need more to people. Be more people. Yeah. There's yeah. room for everybody. It's a, possibility. It's a party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Overall, besides just letting people in, like where, where do you think this movement should go? Like what are the next steps in your ideal world? Um, do we stop talking about sizes? Like what, what is the ultimate goal? I mean, honestly, it's, it's too, it's even too lofty to, to, for me personally, to think about an overall goal. I think it's incremental steps. And I think those steps are toward, um, an inclusive society that's free of bias. So we're talking about like having size accessible seating, we're having, uh, you know, thinking about um, different abilities and, and, and not having a stigma or such an intense stigma placed on people that don't look like you and um, and who experience different things than you. At the same time, I'm like, I would like, I think small actionable steps are really holding brands specifically accountable for their marketing choices, for... Um, for their product choices, for their sizing choices, which you guys, you know, are already doing in your work. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's becoming a little bit more radical and whatever that means to you, you know, if you, if you don't feel like you fully know these terms that I talked about, like I didn't know these terms up until a couple of years ago either. Like, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I don't know. So it's all about making those small steps and kind of retraining your mind, but it's never going to be perfect. Like nothing is ever going to be perfect. And just knowing that you're chugging along in your personal journey and maybe bringing some friends along with you. Amazing. And what can you say to people who put themselves out there and receive hate? um, receive bias and like, how do they handle it? Because I know like I'll put some videos out and I'll, I'll have maybe a million views and like, you'll get a couple hundred comments and some are, most of them are super, super nice. And other people are saying that, you know, you are promoting obesity or that you're fat and like, you should go work out and all that stuff. Um, what, and obviously like this is something I deal with online, but a lot of people deal with this in real life as well too. Um, so yeah. if, do you have any suggestions on things that people can say or like how to train their mind to, you know, get rid yeah. of noise? Um, I don't think it's ever going to be possible to get rid of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is a difficult thing to think about. That being said, it you can make it easier. I by no means have mastered this skill. Um, at the same time, there have been a few things that have been helpful for me. Uh, first of all, a couple of years ago, oh gosh, four years ago now, um, I joined um, the team at a plus size company and ran their social media and influencer work. And uh, my job there basically was to look at plus size people all day long and comment nice things um, about how they look in our clothing on their, um, their, their, uh, you know, profiles and on their images. And that for me was such a crash course. Uh, and in, and seeing a wide range of bodies and it was so beautiful and it retrained my mind. So what I'm trying to say is that like diversifying your feeds, but really diversifying them, not just, you know, not, not just dipping your toe in, but really throwing bodies and people that don't look like you because that way your, your mind will start going, Oh yeah, that's normal. That's normal. That's normal. We're all normal. And so that's kind of like breaking down those bias walls, uh, you know, beginning to break them down. Also, we have to keep in mind that like humans are literally trained, like ingrained in our bodies. We are built to pick out the one thing that like this. Is, I, I can't remember all of the mechanisms, but I, you know, we love reading books. We love listening to psychological podcasts, so, et cetera. <laughs> not even psychological. That's not even the right word. We get it. Um, but, you know, we're trained as humans to pick out the one thing. I believe it stems from the fact that like. It, that protects us like in the wild. It's just like how, you know, it, it, we don't like bitter fruits because technically like bitter things um, are, can, can be more poisonous. I, I, you know, I'm rambling now, but <laughs> like the bitter comments, they stick with us and, and that's just ingrained in our society, in our mind. So 
I mean, I'll just put it this way. For me, I've been getting, um, I, jo- I joined TikTok about a month ago, y'all. Oh. And I recently went to your profiles and I was like, wait, they're like bona fide TikTok celebrities and nobody <laughs> told me. <laughs> like, I was pissed. But anyway, but I, so I had like, uh, one of my TikToks went like a little bit, like the algo picked it up a little bit. And um, it has like a quarter of a million views now. But now I've gotten like, it's fascinating how different TikTok is from Instagram. I've got so like people fun. fighting over my body in Russian. And I'm like, people are like, she, she deserves respect. And this guy's like, no, she's fat and ugly. We hate her. And I'm just like, go off in my comments. You're helping my post. Mm-hmm. But it's fascinating because for me, those comments now don't hurt me because I don't feel that that way. Like I'm 5'10". So if someone called me short, I'd be like, Sure. I mean, maybe in comparison to Shaq, (laughs) you know, so that's so funny. My first TikTok video that went viral was one of Steve and I, and so many people are commenting on how pretty much I'm too fat for Steve. And I was like, your Steve's love is beautiful. So be quiet. I know. I literally was like coming for people in the comments. I was like, these mother efforts are going to insult. Oh, no. no. But, but the point is that no longer bothers me because right. I, I don't think that's true. I think that Steve no. is fucking so lucky to be with me. <laughs> yeah. and Thank you. You know yes. what I mean? And I am confident in that and that those words don't hurt me. But I do think that what you said and those tips really, really do help. Um, yeah. And maybe if you can... I know you sending us a list of people you enjoy following and we can put those in the show notes. Um, yeah. You know, we've got some time, but you're like, yeah, you're like, where do I begin? Um, Cause I do yeah. think it's, I would love to see what your feed is looking like and who I can add to mine and our listeners can add. I think that's always good. So um, thank you so much for just sharing your knowledge with us and having this conversation with us this morning. Um, Cause I think it's important. My pleasure. Next time, let's talk about hair and makeup. Yes. <laughs> and we need to film some TikToks. And yes. yes. And bikinis and all of the things. And, and, and the bear in your backyard. Yes. That's a whole separate episode. Yes. The bear episode. We need to get on Wait, that. do you have that saved in your highlights? Oh, big time. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll direct people there. <laughs> Everyone it's go look. Bear- with like seven exclamation points. Okay, perfect, so. perfect, perfect. No, we appreciate yeah. you so much. And thank you for allowing you us to feel like we can just share our honest and vulnerable thoughts yes. and not feel judged and not feel stupid and not feel, you know, silly for thinking these things and want to have these conversations because no. we're obviously just trying to grow and like do the best that we can. And I think that's what we're all just trying to do. And it's okay to not get it right the first time. And so you just have to continue learning. Yeah, we all have to meet each other where we are because like if we wait until we all know everything, we're, we're never gonna talk to each other. Right. Um, I just don't see any point in that. So I love talking to people and I love making mistakes and even though it's hard, but I love when other people make mistakes because there's no judgment. We just all gotta do our best. Yes, love that so much. Thank you. Love um, you guys. You're the best. Thank you so much, Charlotte. Bye. Talk to you later, bye. Thank you so much for tuning in today. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes on our website, theconfidentcollective.com and find us on Instagram at Confident Collective. And if you really loved what you heard, screenshot today's episode in the podcast app and share it in your stories and don't forget to tag us.